Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. Tell us about Gone Boss. Uh, Well, the Gone Boss Podcast, we are a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women here in Muncie and see what makes them tick and how they have gone boss. All right. Who do we have today? Today, we have Amy Logan. For those who have been listening to the podcast, you know that Angie grew up uh, a little bit different than me. Uh, I'm kind of like your middle-of-the-road 80s kid uh, who went to movies and rock and roll, went to concerts, things like that. Just kind of typical uh, American kid. But Angie, on the other hand, was... uh, Not. Not. She grew up in a a very Christian... Conservative Conservative Christian household. Yes. Yes. So if it wasn't Christian, we were not allowed to listen to it. You know, we've talked about uh, uh, what what TV shows and things you were allowed to watch and weren't allowed to watch. But what about music, though? Well, music, if it wasn't Christian music, we weren't allowed to listen to it. So, um, yeah, I grew up, I was born in 79. So, yep. you know, it. I was, you know, in elementary when Michael Jackson and Madonna yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I was not allowed to listen to any of that, except for maybe when I was on the bus, I might hear Michael Jackson every once in a while. I'm sure you heard it a lot because they played well, the I, heck out yes, of it. But I didn't, I didn't <laughs> ride the bus a lot, so I didn't get very much oh, exposure okay. to it. So, yeah. Music, though, uh, uh, is a big deal uh, when, when you're growing your formidable years and things like that. What were some of the artists and bands that you were listening to growing up? Okay, well, artists might be a stretch, but... <laughs> But anything that was popular contemporary Christian music back in the 80s and 90s. So okay. um, you don't know. Well, you do now that I've exposed you to this. Oh, but yes. you did not know who it was before. I have uh, been exposed to it, and it, it was hard. Uh, yes. So Carmen was yes. big in our house. Uh, he's this like Italian macho dude who sings about kicking the devil's butt most of the time. And yeah. it's like story songs. And he and does accents. He does act. They're terrible accents. <laughs> it's it's not good. Um, they're a bit like five minute story songs. Like his big one was the champion where he was yes. like a boxer um, and he fought the devil. And it was very Rocky-esque, but terrible and horrible so um so i carmen came to concert at the wigwam in anderson four or five times okay it's a free concert where it's just like a free will donation kind of thing okay so i know me and my mom my whole family and my friends families we i have seen carmen in concert like three or four times probably wow um yeah so there's that all right carmen (laughs) now amy grant she was big was big except she was a crossover yeah and once she became a crossover she was she frowned. was banned. She was, I don't know, banned. <laughs> she was frowned upon. Well, and then she, of course, had her big scandal with Vince Gill and all yes. that. So that was like, absolutely not. No. Uh, Sandy Pan- Patty was also very popular. She yeah. was, she lived in Anderson. Huge uh, for the Anderson huge market. Huge for the Anderson market. Oh, the Gaithers were huge. Now, we didn't listen to the and Gaithers. They're still huge. They're I mean, st- they have their, their oh, music. Uh, they're bigger now than they were back then. Yes. Um, we didn't really listen to them because that was a little too... Uh, traditional for gospel. us gospel. Traditional gospel um plus danny gaither was my dad's like science teacher in like high school and oh, so yeah. i think he thought it was a little weird and bill gaither <laughs> yelled at me one time at the park when i was in high school yes um so he rolled up and you you and your friend were on rollerblades right <laughs> yes and now i would like to make it clear that i follow the rules and so it was not me who was doing this um uh, but my friend we had the two of us had put together picnic tables 
yeah. through, in the park, kind of on a little hill. And then my friend was rollerblading on top of them and then like jumping off and, you know, like jackass yeah. kind of stuff or whatever. But before jackass. <laughs> uh, so she was doing it. I was standing there watching her saying, I don't think this is such a great idea. And Bill Gaither rolls around in his pink Cadillac that he had and drove oh, around wow. town. It was like pristine primo. And he was like, I don't think you guys are supposed to be doing that, aren't you? And we were like, <laughs> you got in trouble by Bill no, Gaither. Mr. Gaither. <laughs> So, Gaithers were big. Yeah. Uh, we didn't listen to him. My dad was super into rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, but they it had listen, to be Christian rock and roll. They listened to uh, Striper? Not so much. Like, I know, oh, like... That, that's too early. That you. was too early. We know... I know who Striper is and all that, but Petra was Petra. big. Okay, yes. And he would rock out to that all the time. I uh, There was a guy in high school. He was always... Uh, listening to petra and stuff like that and we just razzed him well yeah no end well and there was like this whole like chart at the christian bookstore like if you like michael this. jackson you might like this if you like guns and roses you might like petra and i'm like uh no those two people are completely <laughs> different but okay yeah uh so lots of that kind of stuff um anything contemporary christian music related we listened to uh, i loved dc talk back in the day oh yeah uh, even from like their very beginning albums all the way through jesus freak and and that kind of stuff i really like that i i did go see them in concert and i thought i was pretty now cool. they were in the 90s right they were 90s early 90s or uh, Mid nineties, okay. I mean, same as like the grunge era, like yeah. and that kind of stuff. So gotcha. I did love them. Um, and then when I moved to Texas and I was youth pastor's wife, mm-hmm. we took kids to like concerts and whatever. We saw Switchfoot in concert, Ooh. but back when they were a Christian band and nobody had ever heard of them in some little church for like a free will offering or whatever. So uh, I got to see Switchfoot. They were pretty cool. I say their big song was what? Uh, Dare, Dare you to Dare live? You to live. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, so that one, that was when that first came out, and we were hanging out in the lobby, and the dude from Switchfoot was like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" or whatever. So that was that was kind of interesting. You you've told me stories about you and uh, your friend, the same friend who was on the rollerblades, uh, driving around town and and things. What were you guys listening to then? Well, then we were we were being bad. And, oh, the rebel. We were being rebels and listening to. It depended on what friend I was with. I have one friend who was super into country, so we listened to country. Okay. And it was probably around, it was probably you on the radio station we were listening to. (laughs) Uh, So we listened to that. Um, And then with my other friends, it was, it was like when Coolio and all that kind of stuff was. Oh, yeah. So we listened to that and we would cruise Applewood with like our music blaring out the, out the cars and whatever. Cool. Um, So we'd listen to that. Uh, We would, I do remember we would sneak into this friend's. This friend had an older brother. Yes. Who was, su- I mean, he was like five or six years older than my friend. And so he d- was not in the same super Christian realm that we were. He was yeah. the rebel. He was the bad boy or whatever. So we would sneak into his room when he was gone and we would listen to his music. Um, what so, was he listening to back then? Uh, I The one I remember that we listened to all the time was Four Non Blondes. What's, oh, what's, what's Up? up? Yeah. Which is my f- most favorite song in the whole entire world now. But yeah. Um, So yeah, we would listen to his music and think we were super cool. Now you would think I have no... Uh, no connection to this at all, but I had a friend in high school, and his parents uh, changed super Christian on him uh, as we were growing up. So this is this is the kid who got me smoking cigarettes. Okay, <laughs> he was he was a bad influence, but still he, he he's a great guy. And uh, they were so strict they would they they 
wouldn't allow him to listen to any secular music things. Oh, we like weren't that. either. No. So it was great. I'd go over to his house, and he had a, a, a hole in the wall. I think it was behind the register, and he had a box of tapes, and like it was Dexter Metallica box. and Anthrax and just the stuff I, the heavier stuff that I wouldn't even be listening to at the time. And we we listen. So he to had that. a secret stash. That he had he a secret to. stash of music that would that, and that was his thing. Like yeah, we if it wasn't Christian, we weren't allowed to listen to it. But, you know, other people in my youth group, you know, they would have the secret stash or whatever of yeah. their music. That sounds like we're talking, like, dirty stuff. But, like, a secret stash <laughs> of, just of tapes. secular tapes. This is back before we even had CDs or anything. <laughs> just tapes. Um, so, but then our pastor would preach a sermon about how, oh, you yeah. know, you need to be living right and on the right track. And the, this terrible, evil rock music is leading you away from God and all this kind of stuff. So I do remember at least one time, but it probably happened more than one time. Um, My pastor decided, all right, that's it. We're going to give up all of our bad music. We're going to give up all of our bad movies or whatever is holding you back in your life. And so we're going to have a bonfire. And it was in the fall. Wait, a book burning here? Well, I don't know if there were any books that were burning. There might have been. I don't remember. But what but, I specifically... media. It was a media burning. Media burning. Whatever you are into that is holding you back from God, that is sinful and evil, we are going to burn it. So we had a bonfire in our parking lot of church. Okay. And everyone had to bring in their sinful media. What did you bring? Well, I didn't bring anything because I was a good girl and I didn't have any of that stuff. (laughs) But I do remember all of my other friends. Oh, this one dude, he had like a collection of like country music, which probably wasn't even that bad. But we burnt our burn our tapes uh and for those early adopters who had cds we burn our cds i think my dad took in like some because like the grown-ups participated too oh yeah uh, i'm pretty sure my dad took in like his old vinyl like albums like the beatles or whatever oh no uh, broke there those, goes the white album <laughs> broke those in half put those in the fire too so um wow yeah Our guest today is Amy Logan. She is from the Ball State Career Center. Tell me a little bit more about that, what you do there. I would love to, Matt. Thank you. Um, I am the on-campus student employment training and development coordinator. That's a long long title. (laughs) It is a mouthful. Does that fit on your business card? It does not fit on your business (laughs) cards, and I think we shortened it to on-campus student employment coordinator. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't do the acronym thing. You know, just short it down to a bunch of letters. Yeah, we go by OCSE, but no one knows there you what go. that means. Oh, see, there, so. is, O-C-S-E. there is an acronym for it, of course. Yes. Oxy, as some of us like to call it. But when you work in higher ed, you can't really call something Oxy. Yeah, like, I'm an o- uh, we're Oxy. Yeah, that's kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sends the wrong message to your students. <laughs> well, tell us about your background. How did you get from wherever you were to Ball State University? Oh, well, I'm born and raised Muncie. Oh. Uh, yeah, grew up in the Old West End. In Towner. Yes, I am. I'm Townie. a townie. I'm a townie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I grew up in the Old West End, moved to Emily Kimbrough, and moved out near uh, Cowan area. Just kind of stuck around, went to Ball State, had a baby, went to Ivy Tech, kind of moved around, did whatever I wanted to do, supported my family, and then found myself working for Ball State years later. How many kids you got? Three of them and three animals. So three and three. You got, a, six. you got a house full. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. yes. So how old are your kiddos? Yeah. 
Oh, Evan, my oldest, is 13. And then I have a uh, almost 11-year-old. She's going by 11 now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we know how that goes. <laughs> yes. And then Maya is two and a half, almost three. Just shy of three. That fun. That fun, that age. fun age where oh, they, yeah. they started they, talking back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get, yeah, we, we get that, too. <laughs> but we're also seeing, like, those hints of, like, the light at the end of the tunnel of the temper tantrums. We're getting there. This morning, I dropped her off at daycare. And she walked in, and usually it's like knockdown, drag out fight. Like she's army crawling across the floor, like, don't leave me. <laughs> this morning she was like, thank you, mommy. Put me down. I go potty. And I'm like, all right. All right. You go see do that. See you later. I'll, I'll see you at 530. <laughs> <laughs> that is nice when it's when they get that way, and you're like, oh, good. Yes. I don't feel like I'm torturing my child every time. Yes, I, I can take like her somewhere. you again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if we're quite there yet. We're still working on it. So what professional organizations are you associated with as as well as uh, the Ball State Career Center? I am the professional development coordinator for Muncie Young Professionals. Ooh, that's a uh, fancy title, too. I, I like the big titles. That's <laughs> what I go for. The longer the words, the better. The better. Um, so I do all of the professional development um, workshops, lunch and learns for Muncie Young Professionals. So that's what I do with them. And then I'm also with the Boys and Girls Club. I'm on the Marketing Communications Committee. So I write most of their press releases, too. Cool. Awesome. Now, with the Muncie Young Professionals, who's, uh, like, give me a presentation that really wowed you that you brought in. Uh, one of my favorites was probably last year about this time. We had Sarah Grimmer from the, she's from Ball State. I don't remember exactly the health department area and she is very well versed in the Enneagram and she came to our office December of the year and talked about what the Enneagram is Mm -hmm. how you build a team around the Enneagram and all of those and something when she mentioned it just clicked and I was like oh this type of personality assessment actually makes sense to me so we brought her in for an NYP event we had it at Mancino's had Friday dinner she came and talked and we had like 15 or 20 people there and it was just very low-key but we really got to understand who we are and what motivates us and able to take that off into our professional life or as a student we had some students there so that's probably the one that really spoke I wanted to go to that one but I couldn't make it in my schedule so what Enneagram are you what number are you oh I'm a six okay 100% fully embraced the loyal six. Nice. I am a three. Mm. <laughs> you are you're you're an arrow of mine though. So I think I'm. I go to. Like, is your that why you guys get along? Yeah, probably. Pro- I okay. think so. We don't know what Matt is because he hasn't taken. No, it. I haven't taken <laughs> Matt. So what's her name? And I'm gonna have to get in touch with her. Well, yes. you can take the test online. There's <laughs> okay. a free version online that you can take. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Maybe we'll post that on the uh, on the blog. There. Yeah, do. we can we can link to that. There you go. That's what they say in podcast land. I think. <laughs> the link in the comments. <laughs> That's in the face in the YouTube land. Oh, that's right. Wrong, wrong land. So Sorry. you've had a few jobs to get to to where you're at and everything. What do you wish you had uh, you had known um, when you started out? That I didn't. I I really go back to I didn't know what I wanted to be when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with blue collar parents, um, and when you're you're on track to go to college in high school, you know, you be a doctor, you be a lawyer. You you know, you really want to aspire to be these the opposite of what your parents are. Like, you yeah. Blue collar workers, you want to have this great, you know, huge job. So that's all I thought there there was. Um, but when I went to college for pre-med, I was like, nope, that is not what I want to do. But I didn't know anything else. 
And I wish now that I knew that it was okay not to know what I wanted to be when I grew up because I'm 33 now and I'm like, oh, now I know what I want to do. And I'm back in college and I'm making it happen. But at 18, there is no way I would have thought I would be in this spot. Well, nobody knows what they think. They might think they want to know what they want to do when they're 18, but... When we are 18, you're stupid. And yes. you don't know what yeah, you want. I think, I think there's something uh, uh, through all these interviews that I've learned is uh, people start out one way, but, of course, life uh, happens, and then you end up someplace else, just like myself. I wanted to be, you know, back in high school, I wanted to be the cameraman, the news cameraman, Ooh, you know, and be mm-hmm. where the ambul- ambulance chaser and, like, Ooh. get the cool stuff, Exciting. you know. And I ended up in corporate video, so... <laughs> And then from there, uh, I had a short radio career and then uh, found the web. Of course, it happened in the, in the late 90s and uh, just kept it going from there. But, uh, so but life, no, it's interesting it's, that life you... Life changes and curves and, I don't know, it's just how you adapt and what you do with it along yeah, the way, I very think. true. I think we kind of, as society and in school, we train kids like, you need to know what you go when you go to college. You need to know what you're going to do. And I think that when you get there and you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do then you know yeah. like, this is what i've been trained for this is what's been put in my head i don't know what to do so that's one of the reasons i was kind of drawn to the career center at ball state is because that's what we work with our students who just don't know what they want to do or need a little bit of guidance so i think that's one of the reasons i really connected with this job when i heard about it that's cool now a lot of people i mean even my age i'm 10 years older than you apparently um <laughs> <laughs> They still don't know what they want to do. They're still trying to figure this thing out. Um, Now, but you said the magic words there is, I know what I want to do, and I went back to school for it. So what what are you wanting to do? Oh, so yeah, um, what do I want to do? I want to work in some realm where I teach people skills, but I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to deal with the bureaucracy of teaching or having to be the counselor side of, like, with kids. Like, that's not me uh what i want to do is just give workshops give presentations and move on to the next group of people who want to learn okay that's what i want to do so i'm back to school for pr because that makes sense um (laughs) but there's a fit to it and be able to write and get your message across and get your story across and advocate for people in a pr role is goes right along with training and development and pushing that out there excellent well other than that what uh what gets you excited about life that very thing that's that's it that's the thing that is it oh now there is something else (laughs) i mean there's lots of things well music's one because we have been to many concerts together now buddies we are now concert buddies i i say we're concert buddies i don't know if you amy might not think so but exactly we are buddies i invited you to go with me one time so that's true (laughs) you invited so we also sat with her parents one time yes at at a concert so we're like concert buddies with your parents and i ditched you yes (laughs) she upgraded to the cool seats and we sat in the back amy has a secret way to do things to get the best seats possible at ruoff uh, music center Which we are and not going to we're not going to say to the world how she does it <laughs> but it is amazing and thank you very much for all the concerts yes. we we were able to see this stuff teaching us summer. your ways you're welcome i do want to know what your favorite concert is that you've ever been to ever been to mm-hmm. um I've been to quite a few. Matt's been to a bunch. Yeah. Uh, you should ask her that. But I am, I'm going to go with nostalgia. Um, my first concert was Monsters of Rock back in 1988 with uh, headliners Van Halen, Scorpions, Dokken, Metallica was there, and uh, 
a band called Kingdom Come, and we missed most of that. It was a nine-hour rock show. Oh that gosh. is a lot. Now, how old were you when you went to this rock I show? I was in, uh, but I think it was between my eighth grade year into my freshman yeah. year. Yeah, because in 1988, I was nine years old. So, so my brother <laughs> yeah. was a senior in, uh, yes. in high school getting ready to go to the military, and uh, he, he took me, and it was just... It was an amazing experience, as your first experience. Uh, I came in, I, I had some goofy eighth grader shirt on, and by the time I was done, I had changed it to the Monsters of Rock uh, t-shirt I bought there. So. And that changed your life forever. Absolutely did. shaped your path. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Yeah. you? You have a different background. I have a different background. I did not go to Monsters of Rock when I was like... <laughs> 10 years old or whatever. Yes. No, I was raised very conservative Christian. So my first concert, I think, was a free Carmen concert at the Wigwam in awesome. the Anderson. Champion. The Champion. <laughs> uh, it was probably even before that. I've seen Carmen in concert like four times, uh, which anybody who's not into the super Christian world will not know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Amy's I like, yeah, I know. She's <laughs> don't, don't. Matt was lost too until I, I played him a couple uh, songs and he's like, "Wow, this explains a lot yeah. about you." Thank goodness for that Alexa now, because you can you can tell it to play anything at any time. So we're in the kitchen. And I'm listening. Volbeat. She comes in and says, "Alexa, play, play Carmen." What Carmen or that Phillips Dean and whatever? Phillips Craig and Dean <laughs> and, and DC the best of and, DC talk. And you can see it in my Dana face. You He's know, like, it just, what <laughs> in the world is happening here? The sadness comes across me. I but know. anyway. Oh, that's funny. So, yes. Uh, but before, so yeah, all my concerts were Christian Jesus concerts. Um, until I met you, Matt, and you yes. started taking me to rock and roll shows. And, and what did we go see? What's our, our, our first couple of concerts have something in common. What's that? Number one was uh, we went to see the... Uh, um, American Idol oh, tour. Oh, yeah, we did go see that on that tour. That was horrible. And then... Uh, we took the kids and everything. It was kids. like our first, like, outing with, like, the children as, like... Oh, fun. This is 2007, so it was, like, season three or four or oh, something so like it was that. With like Kelly, it was Kelly Clarkson and oh. Taylor... No, 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 no. No, not Kelly Clarkson. It the, was uh, Taylor uh, Hicks. Oh, Remember that no. guy? The yeah, gray the hair guy? gray hair guy. And the Daughtry. Daughtry was on there. The gal. Catherine Mc, McSomething. McPhee. Yeah. So oh, we yeah. saw that together, yeah. and then that summer uh, we went to Kelly Clarkson because I was a huge fan back in 2006. Us and every with, other 12-year-old girl in, and their mom was there. <laughs> just imagine Matt and his like, Monsters of Rock shirt and a Kelly Clarkson. Exactly. Yeah. I was a fish out of water. Yes, right now, yes you so. were. And then we went to some all-day like music concert. Which one was that? I don't know. It was like rock and roll. It had like three band three stages and was that like the rockstar rock festival I think. no it wasn't rockstar it was some other one oh. like something like that and it was like music and that was a like rockstar that. festival so. well i don't know <laughs> anyway we'll anyway that was back a to you sorry <laughs> i derailed that we, That's we okay. went on a, on a tangent there so how do you maintain a positive attitude through everything you've got family you've got a career you've got school i mean how do you do it is drinking an option to say <laughs> that's okay it's um, what i do <laughs> i've learned through a lot of self-realization and talking to other people that i have to vent i have to mm. complain um it's and it's all right isn't it's it? okay um, when you do it properly i've learned there's a proper way to do it and an improper way to do it and I would like to hear about the improper ways. Well, you don't want to like, <laughs> my ways. Is, is that like spewing out on Facebook yeah. or what? Venting yes. on Facebook, vague booking or whatever. Yeah, uh, not okay. the proper way. No, no, no. But what what is a proper way to vent? You need to find 
trusted people, those people mm-hmm. who you're comfortable with, who know what you're talking about. So I have a couple of people at work that I feel comfortable venting to about work things. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps me from exploding on people at work that I shouldn't because it's completely irrelevant in the grand scheme of life. So I vent. I have people at home life who know experiences that I'm going through or I trust not to blab all of my information on Facebook. And I vent to them, and by the end of it, I come back, and I'm like, if that's really the worst thing that's going on in my life, I'm okay. This is okay. So getting it out of my system keeps me to this place where it's okay, and life gets better, and it moves on, and you learn to deal with it. But when I kept it all bottled in and didn't tell anyone, because you're supposed to be cheerful and positive all the time, because that's the midwestern way of right. doing we've life. got everything together and everything yes. is fine and wonderful yes. and in the back you're just drinking because you cannot deal with it <laughs> um, <laughs> you're like true. i hate my life everything sucks but when you get it out it's it better helps. yeah that keeps me positive is knowing that i have people who i can just let it all out with and then turn around and just get back to work and move it along so we gave Amy uh, the the questions ahead of time, and uh, this is, is the first time I've I've seen someone have so many notes, double sided notes about. We her have life. like ten <laughs> questions here, and she has three paragraphs that's right, that's, uh, of information. This so. is the Enneagram Six. She's yes. going to be prepared. <laughs> I am going to know what I'm talking about. What's that, something you've failed at? Oh man, I have failed at so many things in life, um, and to make it clear, I've had to go through a lot of conversations with my therapist and with friends of what does failure look like Mm -hmm. that was hard if i made a mistake i count that as a failure and it took me until about this year to really understand that mistakes are mistakes and failures are completely separate so i fail a lot of things sometimes i fail at being a mom sometimes my kids hate me and then the next day they're fine with me. Mm. Sometimes I fail at being a wife and my husband doesn't talk to me for two days and we move on. Um, Can I get my husband to not talk to me for two I'll days? Teach you how. No. That'd be nice. No. <laughs> I'll teach you how to do Okay, that. great. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and I mean, I've been fired from jobs before. I've dropped out of college. Um, lots of things. But you have to just pick yourself back up and realize those things aren't who you are. They just shaped who you've become. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a hard lesson to learn for a long time. And once I finally learned it, I've been putting myself out there a little piece by piece and kind of dipping my toe in the water to see, okay, what happens if I maybe have a bad idea in a meeting? What does that look like? And then when I put myself out there and it came back as a great idea, and I was like, oh, I should have been doing this years ago. Where would I have been if I did this years ago? So just learning from, learning from it moving on don't beat yourself up that's the best answer on the fail question we've had no problem <laughs> and I, I i wanted to derail this i'm not sure if we can but uh you mentioned a therapist as i've grown older um you know i used to have this negative stigma yeah. about you know people with therapists you know you only saw those on people on dynasty and stuff like that so <laughs> or really crazy people they're crazy. the ones who need but therapists. as i've grown older i'm like everybody should have a therapist agreed but, my yep. gosh, there is there's so much coming out of person and in so many different ways that I love what you said. You got your coworkers, uh, a few you trust you can talk to. You've got maybe a few friends and family that you can trust. But there's something about somebody who is not in your circle who can 
take those ideas that you that you want to throw out there and bounce yeah. them back and and get some really good direction with well Definitely. they're more objective and i'm paying like i'm paying you to be objective yeah <laughs> and yeah. tell me what to do so and they don't fix my problems right sometimes you just need to get it out there and then you come to this realization of like oh i just needed to get it out of my head and i actually saw the answer and one of the, my favorite things that she says to me occasionally is but what happens if you don't do that what happens if you try this, mm-hmm. do you have tangible reasons to not trust that person? And those three things were key for understanding kind of who the, the six in me, that Enneagram six is a very distrusting person. And through that, I'm, now when I have interactions with people and I walk away and I'm like, Mm-mm, something was not right, I really have to go back and say, okay, why? Why? Did this person give me a real reason not to trust them? And if the answer is no, I work on building that wall down and letting people in my life instead of just saying, nope, I don't know, something's not right. And mm. I just move on. So what's one thing in life that uh, that you would like to do? What's on your that bucket, you haven't done yet? bucket list stuff? So I have a long-term one yeah. and a short-term one. All right, let's go long-term. Long-term. I want to travel. Okay. Where I are you going to travel to? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we, you're going to go somewhere. I'm go somewhere. Uh, we grew up, uh, my vacations were typically to Prairie Creek Reservoir. Okay, um, yeah. We we just did not have a lot of money, and so we did. We went camping, and we didn't travel. Uh, I went to Florida a couple times with my with my grandpa to visit my uncle. But beyond that, we I've never really traveled, so I just want to go and see and do. I, I had a similar up, upbringing. My, uh, my dad does not want to go anywhere. Mm. Now, this is a man who w- went to the military, went to Okinawa, was S- in California. Yeah, stationed in San Diego. When he was 16, he traveled up to Chicago just by just himself. Kind of thing. Just because he moved out things. of his house when he was like 16 and was on his own. So I come along and it's like, we're not going anywhere. No, going we went nowhere. to Kings Island one time and it was horrible. So we, we never we never did anything um, really as a family vacation. What I did do is I had uh, great friends whose parents were like, like yeah, bring Matt along because he'll keep my he'll kid, keep the kid uh, occupied. occupied. So Ooh, me and my friend Lee, we went everywhere together. Nice. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I did that too. My friend Patty, like I was the tag along friend who yeah. hung out with her and kept her out of her parents' hair and all that kind of stuff. So, now hi, what's what's different is uh, now my brother he he's gone uh, across the world and they still have the travel bug. They mm. go everywhere. Uh, but even us, we've uh, we've been to Florida a few times, Texas. Uh, we we try to get out and do oh my my favorite place is New Orleans oh, that's and true. if we I could like go New back Orleans. I would I you could go back <laughs> so. it's nice we could go back we could make that happen but anyway, and we, we, we're not places. world travelers we went to Hawaii and got married and everything but that's still in the uh, uh, fifty uh, United States fifty uh, states there so but anyway we but haven't gotten out of the one country day yet. when we get all these kids grown up right <laughs> then we'll maybe <laughs> the, have time and them. money to go places. <laughs> Yeah, the kids, they're a big drain on the pocketbook for some reason. They 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 like want to eat every day and maybe (laughs) have shoes. Daycare. And you would think, you know, uh, Kraft macaroni and cheese doesn't cost that much, but man. It is expensive. And SpaghettiOs. Like, why do SpaghettiOs cost like $1.50 a can? It's legit. (laughs) It's noodles and tomato sauce. I don't understand. Anyway. (laughs) I've learned that my middle child loves ramen. Oh, oh that's so nice. that's cheap. she'll eat ramen all day. I have to make force her to eat other foods, and I was like, "Oh, my checkbook thinks that you should just keep eating ramen." <laughs> and you get your brother to like ramen too. Exactly. <laughs> um, now, what's the what's the short term goal there? So the short term is that I want to make my own planner, and I kind of put something out there with my Facebook friends of what planner do you like? 
what don't you like about your planner? What do you like? And I've never been able to find a planner that has everything that I want. Uh, I tried bullet journaling and then learned I have no artistic ability, mm-hmm. but I want to. So I wouldn't finish a page because it didn't look right. I wanted it to. So I need someone who can see what's in my head and put it on paper for me and then make it and then I'll buy it from them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. Okay. So, and I haven't found that person just yet. So, yeah, we're holding off on that. That person's out there, I'm sure. Maybe be. they'll be listening anyone, and they will get connected to you. And you can read my mind. There you go. There you go. I'm sorry. Excellent. <laughs> well, when you make this planner, I might have to buy one because I have discovered that I am terrible at putting things in my calendar. Like, mm. I have every intention. Like, here's the deal. I do it, but I do it wrong. I put it on the wrong day. I put it, put it on, on the, the wrong, wrong time. time. <laughs> I schedule it for next week instead of this week. Or I, I think it's at 1030, but really is it? 11 or whatever like so I some days it's like that. surprise surprise somebody shows up at our office oh i thought that was tomorrow uh yeah. so i'm thinking i might have to go away from the gmail google calendar into like an actual paper calendar which is going to put a kink in all of our plans because we schedule everything online yeah i'm trying to pull her back i'm i'm like just i josh brammer taught, taught me this a long time ago write it down and then read what you wrote mm-hmm. so her her issue, I think, is she's not going back to the calendar on a regular basis and and reading what she wrote. Where where's this at? Why is that at five p.m.? That that's not right. Mm, <laughs> so yeah, maybe I, yeah, maybe I we're getting to, there. Before so. I jump off the ledge into bullet journals. Yeah, I can't have her jump else. off the ledge because <laughs> I can't see a paper uh, a paper planner in her purse. Like that's just not yes. gonna work. <laughs> well, not when we coordinate, you know, a million people's schedules and yes. work and family and all that. So. That part is really tough, and I find that I put all my like work stuff, or not my work stuff, but all my work stuff too, because my coworkers need to know what I'm doing, and family stuff in electronic calendar. But then I go through once a week and fill in my day and mm-hmm. fill in like our menu plan for the week and what I need to buy at the grocery store, my little quick reminders that I need. I put those on paper, so it's sitting right in front of me all day long. Maybe that's what I need. That's to what do. I do with mine because I'm in the same boat. Like my husband needs to know when. He, we have plans, so he doesn't make plans. plans. Like Matt and I both scheduled yeah. a meeting for the same time today because we were working on it at the same time and did not yeah. realize that we double booked ourselves. I'm like, I'm driving to Hagerstown. What are you doing with it? <laughs> uh, I've got a meeting. I guess I'm handling it on my own. It'll. No. I mean, I we can handle it on our own. It'll you be fine. I, I can handle it. So the big question is, uh, what's your purpose in life? How do you describe it? What is it? Hmm. That's a tough You one. have it written down. I can see it from here. I do. I have <laughs> my notes. Um, it kind of really depends on what I'm doing. And, and kind of, I guess the hat that I'm wearing. So as a mom, my purpose I feel right now is to make sure that my children leave my home at the age of 18 ready to be an adult. And Good luck in, with that. Right? I know that's a lofty goal. <laughs> but what I want is to make sure they know how to make a good decision. Mm-hmm. That they know how to find people to rely on in life and that they know how to fail gracefully and learn from that like so i don't expect them to be perfect adults but i need them to understand life's not perfect and move on at work it's more of i get really excited when people i go to a workshop that i've done and they come back later and it's like i took that back to my office and i try this with my students and you will never believe what happened and that's really kind of what really gets me excited so i I imagine it's to sum up both of those it's to be able to teach people what i know and not keep it all in my head like that's my purpose is to learn evaluate grow and then teach 
Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thanks for inviting me. This was fun. Yeah, it's always fun. I love doing these. I learn so much about my friends, people I know. Um, but it's interesting to find out the things that we don't know about each other. So. And now we're on to our next segment, which is one of my favorites. It's what Angie hates. <laughs> you know what I hate? What do you hate? I hate people who act like they've never been to a restaurant before. What do you mean by that? Well, one of, uh, I'm gonna, one of, the person one of them is, is you and your entire family. All the house act like they've never been to a restaurant before. I'm like, I don't understand this. All but right. What, what, I, what do you mean by this? What I really hate is two particular restaurants, Subway and Taco Bell. Okay, oh. everything at Subway and Taco Bell are made with the same, like, five ingredients. Now, yes. Subway is trying to get fancier and, like, expand with their, like, crazy garlic bread or whatever. Ultimate. Ultimate garlic bread. Like, that's silly. Subway, quit it. Like, you're so much stop. <laughs> shop. Just stop that stuff. But people who act like they've never been to Subway before or, yeah. like, it's not a new concept. It's been around. Or Taco Bell. They are making that taco with the same five ingredients, whether you call it a taco or a burrito or, okay, nachos has chips, but it's the same concept. So why are you people in there studying it like it's an SAT test? Like, okay. So we're looking at pick, all the options. Pick your bread. All right. White or wheat. And now they have weirder other options, but like there's like five breads to choose from. Pick one. Pick your meat. And then the vegetables. The vegetables are sitting there right in front of you. So you can look. It's not like you have to imagine what are your options. It's right there. Do you want lettuce? Yes or no? Would you like onions? No. Okay. Next. Like, it is not rocket science. It's all made with the five same ingredients. I don't understand why you have to stand there and act like you've never been there before. <laughs> and it's like the fate of the world rests on your decision on what you put on your sandwich. Just like, make, how do you make a sandwich at home? That's how you make it here. <laughs> I, th I think what you hate about it is the hesitation. <gasps> so we get up there and it's like, well, what, what bread do you want? And we're like, mm, what kind of breads do you have? <laughs> they had the same breads that they had the last time you came here, except for the amazing new garlic bread or whatever. Exactly. Ultimate so. garlic bread. <sighs> it's not that hard. Taco Bell, <laughs> you, do you want a taco? Do you want a burrito? Maybe would you like... I don't know. Now they have Would like you like a, a number five or a number six? Okay, now that's complicated when they do... they And they switch the numbers or whatever. So I'll give you... I'll give you that. But like, really, seriously, it, you want a taco or do you want a burrito? Really, it's at the fine dining ones oh. where you don't really know what it is. But of course, she knows what everything is. So it's like, well, what, what's in this thing? And, you know, the waiter goes off for 10 minutes to tell me exactly what's in this. Uh, this right. And this then you're dish. like, oh, wait, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. Right. As, as uh, oysters. It's in. got That's tomatoes. Gross, That's man. gross. <laughs> yeah. Or like, but then, then you're like. Huh, what does that come with? I'm like, it's a steak. It's it's a steak restaurant. You can have a baked potato. You can have French fries, mashed potatoes, maybe a sweet potato. Take your pick. Oh, well, what kind of salad? What kind of dressing do I do? You have French? Like, how, what kind of dressing should I get? Does that have tomatoes on it? I don't think I want that. Oh, my like, favorite is when they say, uh, you know, I'm always like, uh, yeah, I'll take a Coke with that, and they were like, Pepsi, okay? Well, no, it's not okay. I, I said, said I want a Coke. I want a Coke. Well, you didn't. Anyway. <laughs> I used to live in the South where it's like, do you want a Coke? Yeah. What kind? Yeah, they probably called it Pepsi. soda down there or something. No, they call it every, everything is a Coke. Everything's a Coke? Everything, okay. What kind of Coke do you want? 
We have pop up here. Pop, so. yeah. Anyway. I had to train myself not to say pop because they made fun of me too much in the South. But <laughs> but I hate it. People who like, ugh, how do you think you want your steak cooked? How how do you always eat your steak? Order it that way. Why do we have to have think about it? <laughs> the hesitation. The hesitation of thinking. kills me. Now, that's funny because I am probably one of the most indecisive people that I know. Like, you ask me where I want to eat. I'll be like, I don't know, wherever you want to eat. But once I get there... I'm going to figure out what I want. And I'm I'm going to get that same meal every time she I go. She prides herself on the ordering process. It's like, I want this, this, this. Kind of like this, but like that. Yes. Yeah, done. End of story. Why do we need a Where conversation? Where I'm like, oh, I have this, but uh, does it come with this? Okay, but. But no. Nah, no. Nah, I don't. No. Nah. Yeah, let's let's have a side salad with uh, French dressing, okay? And he also has to get like the waiter's like whole story of their life and everything else. Yes, we else. do a lot of bantering back and forth and with the like, uh, service personnel of the uh, of the community. Of the community, it, it makes me crazy. So I'm like, I'm just like, bring how are me. you doing today? Because nobody else asks them that. You That's know true. that. You know why? Because I'm hangry and I just want them to take my order and bring my food because I am hungry and I want to eat. And why are we messing around thinking about it so much? Order what you order. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. Just place your order and be done. End of story. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. On Instagram at goneboss2k. And you can always search us on Facebook at goodgirlgoneboss. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone Gone boss. boss.